he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sound of business? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Hello, good afternoon. Episode 35 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. It is a very sick, infested podcast this week. Both myself and Sean Sheehan are under the weather. So um, don't stand or don't be too close to your earphones, Sean, because I can believe these diseases can be passed through audio. I'm not too bad now. I'm okay. I have a bit of a, you know, a, bit of, a bit of an old cough, but I'm not too bad. You're dying of death, apparently. Yeah, too m- well, look, I'm not going to go over the top and call it man flu. And claim that I'm bedridden for the next couple of days. I never did that. What happened was, um, I don't know. Too I many shift, a, shifting, too many women at Bama. That was it. That was probably it. I have the what is it called? The strep. Is that what the Americans strep call? Strep It's real bad. Uh, what do we call it here? Glange. <laughs> I don't know. Glange or fever. No, um, I don't know. I just had a, I had a nice breakfast roll. Had a bar of dairy milk and it just didn't seem to settle with me there, and uh, I I saw it come before my eyes. It's bad. Will, so will it, we're gonna have it? we're gonna have an over unders on this show. Sean's laptop is officially the worst thing in the world. It shut down <laughs> in Alabama about seven or ten times. Uh, so we're gonna start a GoFundM uh, for a Mac, so he can move yep. to a superior computer, okay. and then um, to be fair, Sean. Yeah. It was hilarious every time it went dead. It was. I, I got so frustrated at the, like, the last three fights. I just turned it off and used my phone. And the, uh, the other over-under is going to be um, how many times I have to run to get sick during this podcast. So I'm going to say two for me, five for you. That sounds least, fair enough. At least five for me, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, everything shutting down. Oh, well, before we get on to it, how have you been since I last saw you? What's um, new in the world of Sean Sheehan? Been good now. It's been quiet. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Bama like got home. John, it was a long trip uh, trip home. Actually, after Bama, we went um, we went down by do you know there's like a McDonald's there alongside SBG. Yeah. So we went down there. We went to that McDonald's and we pulled in, and it was five past twelve and it had just closed. And uh, do you know there's another McDonald's like up the other side of the road. After we were like, oh, we'll go there. And we there was a, there was a security guard there and he told us twenty four hours. We used to go around like a whole fucking ring road to get yeah, out to it. To get out to it. And it took like 20 minutes and then we took a wrong turn and then we had to go the whole ring road out again. I've so had to do up. that ring road a couple of times now trying to either get to SBG or somebody's house nearby. And it is a bad trip, especially oh, when there's traffic. It took us about 45 minutes to get to McDonald's, but it was so nice being there all day. No food or anything. It was starving. So. No, it was a long run of fights, I have to admit. And I did see a couple of people mention that on Facebook. Uh, do you think it's something that'll put people off going back? Like beforehand, I was saying that as well. I was complaining, Jesus, very long we're going to be stuck around there. But when I was there, I didn't really find it too much. I think Pete said it as well that that he kind of found it too much. But I didn't. I have to be honest, I didn't. Um, maybe it was because we nice had a nice comfortable seat, and 
I had my laptop that did not work half the time and a phone charger and all like Bama and had, had great place. company. Exactly, Bama had the place set up pretty well. I had I had the beautiful severe my podcast fans coming up to me all night saying hello and stuff, so maybe that kept my spirits up. But yeah, um I think with all the quick finishes and stuff, it made it not as bad as it could have been. Imagine if they were all decisions, like if there was like fourteen decisions out of the eighteen, then it could have become a bit taxing, like a couple of those Cage Warrior shows that was at back in the day, they were getting like they they drug on a small bit um, with all the when there was a lot of decisions and stuff. I could imagine like it's not just because it was Cage Warrior, but I, if I was like that, I probably could have as well. So yeah, in the future, I'd say uh, like I think when you're doing on-air prelims and stuff like that, it isn't too bad because you know obviously they're not broadcasting them on and stuff. But I think. 10, 10 fights is usually okay for UFC and stuff but I think for Bama it's good to give lads an opportunity as well you need to find a happy medium so and to sell tickets yeah exactly 14, 14, 15 fights I think it'd probably be good for them maybe you have to look at the value as well because a lot of people were praising Bama and uh, maybe saying why are local promoters getting away with charging 25 quid for a ticket when you can get Bama tickets for that but uh, obviously there's massive differences in that between like television deals and Bama being a big company versus local promoters um, overall though standard of the fights were you impressed I really was um, as you know like we spoke you see, about I thought, the I, th- I thought I had gauged your uh, drink there correctly because I heard oh, the, the cap and I thought yeah. oh right I'll just push yeah. this out a little bit more maybe he's done and then I heard a big <sighs> no I just took another drink on grand um as like we spoke about the last couple of weeks there, I was really going to see Tom Duncanwa. Like I wanted to see him more than anyone else. Hipster. Yeah. And well, he, and he lost. Oh yeah. Hold on. I want to see Tom Duncanwa more than amateur Irish MMA fighters who are making their debut. Yeah, I'm the hipster. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I bleed for the passion for the cause. <laughs> but yeah, I was really impressed with um, a lot of the young, especially the younger guys making their debuts. I was really impressed with them. Um, obviously, Dukunma wasn't as impressive as he has been in the past. And like I said at the time, two of us were sitting together watching it. That like they look three weight classes apart. Lachlan looked like a, a fifty-five, and Dukunma looked like a thirty-five, and he's moving down. Like I think Dukunma is a lot better fighter than Brendan Lachlan, but Brendan Lachlan has improved a lot. Fair play to him. He probably won the fight. But um, yeah, I think I think uh, Dukuma moving down is is the right thing for him. But I was really impressed with a lot of the Irish guys um, making their debuts and uh, having a good fight. Um, I was most impressed with Dylan Took. I have to say, a lot of people were saying um, um, Franz Malamba. I saw Graham said it yesterday. Someone asked the question, but uh, Franz, we didn't see that much of him. If you know what I mean, he kind of he got pushed up against the fence. For a long period of the first round, and uh, Darren O'Gorman kind of held him there. He held him there, and then when they released, France kind of knocked him out straight away. So we didn't we didn't get to see too much of his game. But Reese McKee, or not Reese McKee, sorry, Dylan Took, um, saw he, uh, Graham mentioned to me before about his footwork, and I kind of was watching over his footwork is unbelievably good. I thought his hands were very good. Um, when it got to the ground as well, he he uh, he finished it off fairly quickly. So. I, I was most impressed with him to be honest and um, Paul Byrne as well like he, do, he doesn't look like the, the type of guy that's going to come in and do what he did but uh, I was very impressed with him as well landed a nice head kick on Connor Cook so 
um, yeah, there was a lot of good fighting. What, what was your favorite? Just a few things that you brought up there. Talking about the Took issue, I thought that was a great, great fight for him. But also, just goes to show, in my opinion, how bantamweight is one of the freakiest divisions in, <coughs> in pro MMA because you can have such of a mismatch of size and still have two guys competing at that. You can have this the tall, skinny guys like Dylan, and then the shorter, stocky guys like uh, Adam. And I just thought that was a that was a hard fight for Adam to win. I think once you have someone who's good at utilizing their range, as good as Dylan is, I just thought, oh, that could have been a bad night for him. But then, turns out it was the grappling side of it that finished it. So, um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more Dylan Took. But I am looking forward to seeing someone, one of the um, more established pros at 135, fight him and see how he does. Because his footwork is lovely, as you said, and his whole movement. The game that he's trying to play as a fighter is beautiful, but you're just wondering where his skill level is at at the minute to be doing that as flagrantly as maybe he was doing it at for his first pro wedding. Or am I looking too much into that? What do you mean? Like you think he was kind of being too cocky and stuff? And I like the fact that he was relaxed and I thought he was very, very calm, like unwearingly calm, like he was like someone 10 or 15 fights into their career and even then you don't see it a lot but I thought I was impressed with it to be honest no I, I just a few people have said it to me like I like the calmness as well but some people think that he's putting it on and that it's an act yeah. to show how calm he is, is trying to make himself be even though Maybe. he might be nervous on the inside I'd just be hoping that before he goes around doing that and giving people an excuse to hate on him for no reason other than that he feels calm and confident in there um, make sure he has all of the skills ready to back it up and then shut those people up. Pretty much what Reese McKee did at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's it's fairly difficult. I suppose to one fight into your pro career, like to be um, to, to have everything proved. Like so, obviously he's he's a lot to he's a lot to prove yet, and it was a good start. Like. Um, I'm sure he's still learning, obviously. Yeah, d don't get me wrong. It was a great performance, and I'm not being critical of him. It's just I've seen um, so many fans just, even now, say with Conor McGregor, the way more and more people are starting to put comments on Facebook under Joe Daddy stuff, being like, oh, what's he at this time? Or getting sick of him now. And just Irish people love love to hate for no reason. Yeah. But you spoke about Reese McKee there. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy coming into this fight about it being sanctioned and stuff because it was a, a welterweight against the featherweight and stuff but um where are those people now look i think the point point still stands and i think it's a good point i made it myself like it wasn't it wasn't a personal thing like it wasn't a thing against reese mckee it was a thing against like a commission or a, like due process i think that i think that still needs to be there like my point hasn't changed it was never something like reese mckee it was never looking at the their specifics it was a thing that, like, if, like, it had gone, say if you, you get five people, you get John Kavanagh, uh, uh, Rodney Moore, Andy Ryan, I don't know, a couple of, Owen Roddy, a couple of retired fighters, someone like that, and every fight that has to be sanctioned has to be sent to them by email and arcade or something like that. You know, you know, some idea, get someone to do it. And I'd be okay with it then, but like when you can just make fights, like willy nilly and whatever you want to do, I like I'm not okay with that really. But this one probably would have gone through it. Fair enough, uh, but that I suppose that's a debate for another day. Um, well, the the idea is a good idea in itself. I just think that if you've got coaches on it, what's stopping uh, Rodney Moore on the panel 
approving someone, one of his own fighters, or, or putting someone forward because he knows that he might have the beating of another guy. And even though he might be vastly inexperienced, he knows he might have the beating of him. That's yeah, but thing, like, so. say if it's one of Rodney Moore's fighters, have him like step away and then have like four people voting it or whatever. Do you know, like uh, for have have a few people who are not involved in the situation, like for for like judges who have nothing got to do with it and have to have to decide. But yeah, I, I suppose or just that's... the point of state appointed board. Yeah, they know nothing I, about MMA. I don't think um, I don't think that'd be wise. It works but, everywhere uh, else. Yeah. It was impressive by Reese McGee. I thought Johnny Jitsu looked very nervous in there. Reese did very well, though, not taking that away from him. Um, Johnny Jitsu retired after us. What, what, what do you think about his career? Like he was, he's I suppose he's a personification of kind of a local fighter. Like he threw everything into it, and he went hell for leather every time. You've seen him a lot more than me. John Redmond is uh, is definitely one of the biggest characters in Irish MMA. Um, one of the first kind of feuds that ever really happened that I was aware of in Irish MMA was between um, sorry Chris Fields and John Redmond and the whole thing at the time was it was because Rush Fight Academy or John Redmond put up a video of John on a heavy bag with an SVG t-shirt over it and um, John had no idea I think how he'd gotten it and then I think they had suspected or just assumed or known it was John Ferguson that gave it to him because it was obviously hyping up his fight you know the big Redmond versus Fields fight and to be honest like it was an unreal fight just for the amount of support that both guys had at it there was like you kind of thought like maybe Redmond might do something to him on the feet but other than that if it went to the ground then Chris Fields was probably going to do it and I because it was one of my um, coolest like the first ever coolest moment of live MMA that I had was that I was sitting right at the cage at a press table and it happened right in front of me so John Redman slowly going to sleep Chris Field like he's seen it on his face as he's putting it on and that's something that stuck with me and I like vividly remember seeing that finish up close and uh, John Redman's career was up and down maybe at the start of his career he took fights that he shouldn't have taken uh, tried to get back in straight away I think uh, there has been good improvement in him since I think Paul Kaiser had taken him as far maybe was the right thing to head over to Team Rhino for a while and give it a go training full time with the other lads or uh, training as often as possible and um, fair play to him he he probably realised fairly early on that he wasn't going to get to the UFC he said to me that he wanted to fight CM Punk because it would be the easiest debut CM Punk could ever have Um but he was happy kind of being able to travel the world and get onto those cage warrior shows and take fights in the Middle East and fight up and down the country and then finishing it off with fighting in the three arena or the point. You know, not every Irish MMA story is going to have a happy ending or a Conor McGregor. You're going to start seeing more of this now. Guys that shot for the stars and unfortunately came crashing back down to earth. Yeah, that exactly. Was I, that was deep. It was. I think we actually spoke about something like that. <coughs> I'm on the early podcast as well. Yeah, that it, it's not going to be like maybe Philip Milfeed or guys like that as well. Obviously, he's he's a bit to go, but like he, he retired there for a while and he's talking about coming back. But there's a lot, I suppose, with the amount of fighters now that you know that are fighting, learning. There's a lot of guys making their debuts and stuff. Like it'd be foolish to think all of them will get to the UFC uh, or, or get um, get far. Like 
we saw it again with Chris Fields even the weekend we spoke about last week could be last chance loan for him and he got he got um, submitted in the second round like I thought there was signs that he was doing well he kind of started a bit I wouldn't say nervous but he was kind of he was kind of taking his time about it but then he kind of got into the fight and I thought he was doing pretty well he won the first round and um, there was a, there was a tap was there yeah tap there was. Tap. You, I didn't see the video you you didn't you saw it did you yeah to be fair fair enough Chris tapped he was caught and that was fair enough but he tapped him in the first round there is footage of it um, very very clearly tapped him with an Americana but I suppose if Mark Goddard didn't spot it then that's that's it really I don't know if that can be appealed or lodged into Sherdog or something like that maybe get a change to no contest uh, have you ever heard of anything like that happening before well it wouldn't be sure that they not to it they just report the things like it'd have to be Mark Goddard or whoever it is like if there's a commission or whatever but uh, the result will stand I don't think so but did, did the lad show it to Goddard afterwards and stuff I, there was, I saw everyone looking uh, I think that they said that they had it to yeah. him but I don't know if he saw it in the end I don't know what the process is I don't even know like Chris Fields strikes me as the guy that's now accepted and yeah fair enough sure yeah. I got tapped myself and to be honest I think that he should keep going like it's there was I I thought there were improvements in his game I thought he looked solid I do think he got a bit of an energy dump and he has suffered with that in the past I remember he got too amped up before one of his Cage Warriors fights against Jesse Taylor maybe the moment or the occasion got to him sort of thing first time back fighting in Dublin in quite a while um, a cut, like maybe since 2012 I think it's been since he fought in Dublin last so a couple of factors but I think that was maybe the, the biggest yeah, I I like I didn't think he looked, I didn't think he looked too bad. Like we, as he, I said a second ago, we were talking about maybe you said it was could be his last chance saloon last week. I don't think so. I think I think he's I think he should come back again. Like I don't think it's time for him to retire yet. Like there were signs that there was improvements there and stuff, and like anyone can get caught, I suppose. But I'd like to see him fight again. Obviously, the February show coming up, um, Ireland versus England. It's difficult to know, like. Who's he gonna fight and that? There's a lot of I suppose there's a lot of guys around. But yeah, I'd like to see him um I'd like to see him come back again. Like he's the support he had there, I think Bama would like to see him back again. It was unbelievable. Like <coughs> we were sitting there watching the the Dukuma fight and the amount of people that had cleared out of the arena after Chris Fields fight, like it was literally almost half full I'd say by the You time, were gonna uh, start a Sheehan Pickett, I believe. She, oh, was I? Yeah, you were going to get all of the, your fans to pick it, the exits. So exactly. So people yeah. couldn't leave during the main event. We were like, we don't want to start a ride or anything like that now. But, yeah. It, it, um, but sure, the Irish fans did that anyway. Disgraceful behaviour, Joe. Yeah, Loudish well, behaviour. Throwing pints into the ring, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Before we get to the overall card, is there anything else on the undercard that you were impressed with or... Anyway, into that. What do you think about the? Um, there was a couple of, array, uh, what's what's the word? Bad, bad decisions, maybe. Or I didn't really think they were that bad. Maybe. Um, Kane Moose against Miles Price. You were mad with that one. What did you think? Um. Well, since we're moving forward, that's what I was going to say. The next person that I was most impressed with. Um. For me, if I were Miles Price, I would not be overly. Overly disappointed. Obviously, at not getting the win. Yes, of course, but. The improvement I think that he showed 
um, in that fight and he said to me afterwards that he felt that his striking never got going and he said his striking so much better in the gym and other Team Rhino guys were saying that um, but you have to feel sorry for him because I thought he could have won that fight I thought he won that fight to be honest watching it live I thought he had won it pretty clearly and I haven't watched it back yet but just pushing a guy up against the fence and doing nothing when you're getting the side of your head elbowed in is pretty bad like that's you've lost that round and I thought he had won the second round as well to be honest after Musa got to over t like blew his gas tank in the first but Miles Price talking in that interview we did when he said he was became a jiu-jitsu nerd and went away and just trained in the gi for a year and a half and then you see him getting clipped put down and put down in his ass at Bama and his first instinct is to try go recover single leg X guard because he's in so close to that position and try get a heel hook and I was just like, that is that is the year and a half well spent. That's some more. That's a very good level of jiu-jitsu awareness. In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you're going to get your head thumped off, but to me, that's what the person should be doing when they get dropped. Was that the fight where they were kind of both going for like toe holes and leg locks at no, the same time? No, that was uh, Patrick Wixted and Conor Dillon. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. And oh, yeah, was really fair, fair play to Conor Dillon because that was probably the best that I've ever seen him look. He caught Patrick one or two times with heavy strikes. Uh, Conor Dillon kind of looks like Dennis Seaver's Irish cousin uh, oh yeah you're stealing my lines now in many Fuck respects say. what Fuck was that you that came up with that was it yeah it was yeah oh well sure I said it first in the podcast so that's all that matters <laughs> that was a fight at night though that was that was a very good fight did you enjoy that one yeah that was the best one I think at night done deal done deal um, his cowboy hat as well style icon <laughs> yeah it's weird the things you don't notice actually when you're actually at the live event Paul um, what's his name Paul Craig, the boy you called out last week on the podcast, he walked out in a Dublin jersey. I didn't even notice that at the time. Um, but he he submitted Carl Moore. What do you have to say about it? You you called him out last week. The Bear Jew said he had a terrible record, and he he goes and no, submits. No, no, I said Carl his record was good. The people that he had fought were terrible. Uh, well, yeah, sorry. But in fairness, I put my hands up at the time. I said it. I said he'd a good guard. Sean said it. I put my hands up. Um. But since watching the fight back, I do have one or two complaints. Not taking anything away from the win. Uh, there were fingers in gloves, Sean. Yeah, well, there were. Yeah, you could see that at the time. Yeah, clearly. And there was a thumb being attacked as well. Isolated, small joint manipulation. You can see ah. Carl say to the referee, "He's going to break my thumb." That he had. It was when Carl had Pam on Pam on Pam sort of thing going for the rear naked choke, and he had peeled back from his thumb. So, fair enough. He was still caught. It was a lovely guillotine. He followed uh, all of Carl Moore's escapes perfectly. All of his counters uh, got tighter as it went on. It was a beautiful tap. Um, and to be honest, all you need is a good record at those higher weight divisions to get seen by the UFC. I know he said in the he did the interview with Steve. Um, not because I was scared before you try saying anything like that, but because Steve <laughs> was doing most of the, uh, all of the UK fighters as he knows them all. Um, but yeah, very like I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the UFC pretty soon with a record as good as he has, uh, numbers wise, and then maybe one more good finish. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see him fight again. I know it's probably not going to happen, but see him too. <coughs> I was, fight again. Yeah, I was very impressed with Karen Moore in the first round. I thought he was better than ever. Like I I'd seen a good bit of him before. I thought his ground game was very good, and obviously he got caught in the second. But I thought he, I thought he was improved. I think Karen Moore will be in the UFC as well before too long. If he can get fights, like I know it's tough to get fights at like. I know anyway. he's fighting again in December Is he? with uh, Venator in Italy. Oh yeah, yeah. So hopefully he'll be able to get a get a few fights there. 
Um, and I, I actually think it's a one one night tournament. <coughs> I think it's a one night tournament as well. Oh, is it? So is that, that the one with um, two pro wins in it? Luke Barnett in it as well, is it? Is he in that? Um, I don't think Luke would be in that one. Middleweight or two oh five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, what do you think of the Phil Pot Regis Ogden decision? Um, I thought it was fair enough to be honest. I thought Alan just showed his experience. Uh, he won the third round, like it was one apiece going into the third, and he won the third round due to his grappling, managing to get a takedown and press for takedowns and control. Um, but I'm not, uh, I'm not drinking the Sugden Kool Aid just yet. I think he's good though. He showed flashes of brilliance, but it yeah. seemed like he didn't trust his strikes enough, or maybe I, Alan is a lot more dangerous than I'm giving him credit for. Maybe and he, Sugden felt that early on, but there was a couple of times that he had Philpott hurt and was scared to engage on top on the ground I know he's not too confident in the ground but Philpott has shown mistakes on the ground before I think it actually would have been a good and an exciting battles exciting battles I think they could have had on the ground I, I, I what think about Philpott, you because you're a big on Sugden I, I think Philpott did, did really well to win the fight to he come fought through a night. very good game plan yeah I thought he won the fight like a lot of people had it scored for Sugden around best row and stuff I scored it for Philpott. But I think Sugden, I, I was impressed with him. Like, his problem was, it was, it was kind of like Uriah Hall kind of problem. He can't get off the shots as much as you'd like him to. But when he does, they're very effective. Like, remember I said, like, throw the straight right, and he threw it, and he, like, hit him straight was down that, the pipe. Was that he hurt the fight him. that you made the miss prediction, was it? The, the miss prediction? How dare you? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Uh, yeah, what did you say to me? You said I was like he's gonna throw the straight right. He's gonna throw a straight right now. He's gonna throw a threw straight it right. Threw it seconds later. Yeah, but it, and he threw like a couple of those front kicks to the face. Hurt Philpott one of them. Well, it looked like he hurt him badly. He kind of stunned him backwards anyway. But he just, I think he showed him too much respect or something like. And Philpott is a dangerous guy. Watching his all fights, he like. He um his counters are very good and I think he was uh Regis Sugden was cognizant of that. Sugden's defense I thought was very good. He saw like all the most of Philpot shots come and he was able to dodge them and stuff. I think I think there's a fighter there in Sugden. Um if he gets the right training and he, he gets everything right, I think he can be I think he can be a top fighter, I really do, but um yeah, still like he's four fights in Fair play to Philpott. He he's he used his experience as you said when the third round came around, he um like he put it all on the line, he went in there and he, he took the fight by the scruff of the neck and won it and it was it was an impressive display. What do you think is next for him? Because he was awarded the belt in the cage by mistake. Yeah. Uh like what else is there? I'm not sure. Did you see No but like I uh, I'm just asking in terms of missing weight uh, oh, yeah. twice now at one thirty five, I think. Like uh, to be honest, I just think that he, this better be the wake up call for him, you know, because yeah. he's obviously pissed about with his preparation for this fight and other fights. Yeah, he said it himself. Yeah. He said it himself, and then the hunger's not there. Then it's suddenly back, and you just wonder, like, you don't want it to turn out bad. You don't want it to have a bad ending because the guy could have a very good career and could go far. But like when you think of how young he is, he's still only twenty two, only gone twenty two. And he's one of the most experienced pros in Ireland. So did you see uh, Dylan too called him out? Yeah, that was pretty funny. I have to admit. Yeah, but 
I don't like the way. Did you see, like, you got him off the Ireland versus England thing, and he said, "Oh, he can represent England." I, I just don't like when people bring that sort of shit into it. Like, nah, I, I don't, don't start. To be honest, I think Bama would be very foresighted and stupid if. Um, I think they should just get rid of that. Fucking no, idea. no, fair enough. They, they seem to be sticking with it. But if they put a guy from the north of Ireland on the English team, then yeah. just don't be, don't be stupid. Like, no, don't. Yeah, just uh, clear away from that one. But just uh, the last thing in Bama before we give our overall impressions of it, the Dukunwah Lachnan fight. How would you have it scored? Uh, I had Brandon winning <laughs> two rounds. Jesus, I'm cheesing. To one. First things first. Why isn't this a five round fight? Exactly. That's my biggest gripe of it. Like, if you're claiming it to be a world title, despite it having been contested in Europe, um, or only in Europe. Then surely five five rounds is the the way to go. Like, yeah, um, it was that, that fight deserved five rounds. It does really. I was like, I was unsure all night. They didn't really make it clear whether it was going to be five or three either. Um, I'd love to know why they do why they do that. Like Cage Warriors did it. A lot of the local scenes, a lot of local um promotions do it I remember watching tape for UFC Dublin last last year and the guy um, Dimsey what's his first Chris Dimsey and like he fought for titles on like these box car willy shows with like fucking 20 people in the crowd and like there were five round title fights that he was fighting in but uh, yeah I don't know why Bama doesn't have it um, I'm not sure to be honest I think that fight would have been really good over five rounds Um it who, was, who do you think won it? I thought Lachnan won it, to be honest. But I thought it was a very, very close fight. Like, the, the reaction afterwards was fucking scandalous. Like, it was by no means a robbery or anything. Um, Lachnan obviously won the first round. Dukunma obviously won the second round. And the third round, nothing really happened. And when that happens, when someone doesn't take the initiative, say, like, Philpott did or, like, other people do, you can't complain too much, like, to be honest. he did, Neither guy did anything. Dukunma hurt him, though. As you said, as you pointed out to me, uh, or was that you or someone else? Could have been Stephen Lowry. Pointed out to me that he hurt, um, like uh, Brandon hurt his leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. He. Hurt I think that was the second round. Though, yeah, yeah. And that's how he Badly. lost that round because he couldn't do anything off it. And I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that Duke and Wah noticed it. Otherwise, he would have capitalized on it, and that would have sealed him the third round because he was switching stances all the time. He looked very uncomfortable walking on his leg as well. Yeah, Lachnan threw a kick and it connected it. I think Dukunwa uh, checked it. Or it's landed somewhere anyway. We could see it. And, like, from the angle we were at, you could see it perfectly when he landed. It was one of those ones that I thought his leg was going to... Do you know when they put the leg back on the canvas that it's just yeah. going to go for under him? It's going to be broken. I honestly thought it was one of them. Oh. It, thankfully, it didn't anyway. It, it was fucking... It was raw-like, but it was there was blood coming out of it. Um, and he limped back to the corner, but... I think that was the second round he came out right. Maybe that hindered him in the third from going for Brock, like I, like I said. But that that third round, it was like I'd have to watch it again. Obviously, I was watching a case so you don't have the best view. Maybe people at home have a better view than me. But um, I, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I would have given it to Lachnan definitely. I I would have scored it for him, but I don't think it's a robbery or anything. What do you give uh, the event in total? We speculated there was about four to four and a half thousand people there. Would you say that's about right at peak? Um, 
I'd say about five, maybe. A bit more, maybe. I don't know. I asked Bama for the attendance. I, I got onto them there yesterday and they said it's in the over to me, but they haven't seen it yet, so I'll, I'll tweet it out whenever it's. Uh, Ask for the scorecards as well. As, yeah, they put them up. They actually oh, put them up. It? Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought I was very impressed with, with the event. Obviously, for like, it was our first foray into like a big uh, stadium. Well, not stadium, what would you call it? Arena show. And like, obviously, they're going to be. Have done arenas in the UK? Have they? But like. Yeah, well, fair enough. But like the first in in that arena, anyway, and um, it, it was a little bit disorganized, but nothing that you could complain about too much. Like um, uh, the fights, the way they had their card like stacked out, there was like four fights to be had in three hours. But then it looked like we were going to be waiting for like an hour and a half for fights to come on. But to their credit, they moved them forward, or maybe that was our plan all the time. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, they moved the Catherine Costigan and, and Philpott fights forward, and they had just the two fight main cards starting at ten o'clock, which was very good. Like we, everyone could have been sitting around for an hour and a half doing nothing. So fair play to them for doing that. Um, like uh, Paul Craig was talking, was it to you or um, Steve? Steve was talking, and he was like, "I oh, was it Paul Craig. I was someone. I don't know. I think it might have been someone talking to you. I'd, but there was someone was saying um, they weren't quick. They weren't rightly warmed up." Because of uh, they didn't know when their fight was going to start and stuff, and I think a lot of guys are like that, especially with like the quick finish and stuff. You don't know when you're going to come on, and it was kind of the same for everyone watching and all. But yeah, that's that's really a thing you can can kind of change, I suppose. With all the quick finish and stuff, they were they were putting the card over fairly quickly. Um, for us, I, like I was I was pretty impressed. The, all the PR people and stuff were were really nice. They did everything they could to help us. Um, the fights were good. I thought the matchmaking was pretty good. Um and uh, yeah, every I was pretty impressed with it. Like the, the turnout was, the turnout was better than I was expecting. Like when when this card was announced, we talked about it, and I was talking to a couple of the guys there, and like they weren't expecting as many fans to be there as there actually were. Um, and uh, that was that was pretty impressive. I think like a lot of people talk about there isn't MMA fans in Ireland, but I think that's kind of proven now. Like even if there is four thousand or four or five thousand, like that's a big turnout for a Bama card. Like with there isn't really a big name in the whole card. Like Chris Fields is probably the biggest name, and like no, Brendan Knockland is the only one who's ever fought in the UFC on the card. So it was a pretty good turnout. And the trouble afterwards, I think, like a lot of people were talking about, there was bottles thrown into the cage and stuff. And not to put the blame on the English fans, but it was, to- <laughs> it was totally and utterly all the English fans. I was standing there watching them throw it. It was after the Knockland decision. I don't think many Irish fans. Are going to be throwing bottles into uh, into a, a cage because an Englishman gets the decision, so, and most of them have got home anyway. So it was it was one or two people like that did that, and that was it. Um, overall, it's a, it's a good uh, B plus A minus for the event. Oh, what do you think? Um, you're probably more critical than me now. I'm, I'm a nice guy. Uh, well, I don't know who told you that, but obviously they were lying. Um, <laughs> I am a little more critical of it. Uh, the UFC have a press room. There is a room there that's capable for press. Why weren't we in it? We are sh- the media scrums. Like lucky enough. Sorry, I'll put a chewing gum in my mouth without realizing <coughs> when you were talking. Um, lucky enough, a lot of the Irish guys have said they would have done one on ones with us anyway, so we were able to grab them. But. 
you know if you throw seven cameras into a room like it gets small pretty fast side aside it's right beside the medics room which means there was a like no door blocking just like a partition in the wall where fighters would come in and out and it's like you can't be discussing a fight really with the two guys in the room next to you or maybe you could and just some people wouldn't because they're internet warriors yo uh keyboard warriors i should have said a bit like yourself sean how dare you you back it up um so that was my that was my gripe there is a press room it's on the second level uh would have been easy enough for us to be able to go up and back from it easier also no proper press like a better press row like i know you were okay with it because you had the one seat throughout the night but there should have been a better press row uh there should have been at the least then auxiliary seating for some of the media uh, the photographers there are other seats that photographers could be in but they're shooting from the stands so maybe they could have been allocated that as well um, just a couple of things like it was their first go at it in Ireland that I've well that I've seen maybe they're like that in the UK as well but for a, maybe a bigger show it's harder to do so to be honest I'm not going to give it the the B minus you did but I'd give it a, a an A minus sorry maybe a B minus but a C plus plus and overall but then fights and everything that was brilliant I have to say fair enough um, do you think I'm being too critical yes. no I, see I wasn't really back there in, in the media room and stuff because you were taking care of that part I was doing the the social you media and face. stuff back of it. I was the face of it the face but, of severe MMA for one night, that, one night only exactly well now that all the, the fight, we got through all the fights and everything what did you what did you think of all our the, all our beautiful Severe Met podcast fans coming up to us, all the sound people around saying hello and wishing us well? Well, you see, Sean, I've been mobbed by these people before, all demanding where Sean was. Yeah. So there was you that they came to see. The people are sick of seeing me walking around events with red and black checkered shirts on. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was yeah, the it, Sheehan Nation out in force. It was in fair, like, fair play to everyone that came up to us. It was nice to see everyone. Um got a lot of kind words like it was a bit overwhelming at one stage like um brian dolan almost had me in tears sean he did yeah and i was trying to tell him that you're only a bollocks like but he wouldn't listen to me he would have none yeah a lot yeah there was a lot of people like that um like it's for us like it's 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 great to hear because sometimes you don't know you don't know why you're doing it like sometimes and it's it's good to hear um it's good to hear voices like that and fair thanks to everyone like it means an awful lot to everyone to come up like that we got so many real life facebook likes yeah we did yeah just likes and giving shares giving us thumbs up like that yeah <laughs> yeah but it was some and uh you'll see dublin now next month you're looking forward to it uh after that i have to say i've been back in the three arena for fights yes yeah. i definitely am and um, i think it's a class venue for mma and when it's full the noise in there is just second to none yeah it's do you know it's great because uh, the cage is great oh that reminds me Sean it's a good seat yeah go on when are the UFC when do you have to apply for press for Dublin by I uh, I applied about a month ago hold on let me I'll check for you now here I have uh... are we going to have another incident of me not uh, me (laughs) applying late live on a podcast it could already be gone hold on let me see this should be this should be an exciting for um apply for credentials. Poria versus Duffy. Uh, Wins at twenty third of September today. Uh, today at midnight Pacific time. 
You've been saved, Andrew. You have been saved. Brilliant. So you're good. What a what a nice way to kill a bit of time there. As long as you do it today. I'm doing it right now. What are we talking about next? <laughs> we are talking about uh, Redzer. He was there Saturday night. Going to TriStar. Good move. Very good move. I yeah. think it's nice to see him. Like I, I think there's um. I'm not sure exactly. You probably know better than me, but I think there's a kind of a thought in Irish MMA that you're with your team and you stick with your team and like you can't go anywhere else. I suppose Conor McGregor talks about it a lot. Maybe he's the only one that, maybe he's the only one that does that or thinks that. But it's kind of when he says it, maybe a lot of people think it's, it's everyone. But I think there's no harm. Like Reds are, he's good training at Team Rhino. Don't get me wrong, but. When you can go over and when you can work with guys, like he he put it up on Facebook yesterday. His first session was a a wrestling wrestling class under George Saint Pierre. Like, you, fair play. <laughs> like you're not gonna get much better than that. In fairness, um, he's gonna be training with guys like Rory McDonald, Tom Breeze, um, Just Stuffy as well. So Alex Endland. Yeah, it's really. I think it's gonna be really good for him. Um, we we've spoken a lot about Redzer in the past. Uh, his first two UFC fights that, like he got to the UFC a little bit maybe earlier than say like the, like McGregor had been a champion, Pinder had been a champion, Siri had been a champion, and Redzer was just like on the path to being a champion for say but for Cage Warriors. Got the call early. Yeah, he was maybe two or three fights away from it. Obviously, he still has like the improving that the other guys have done. He still kind of had that to do, and we it's been tough. You haven't really seen it because of his two losses that he's taken. I got two uh, tough fights, but I think going over to Tristar, he'll probably escalate that. Um, like reading things about about Firas Sahabi, who's obviously the head trainer over there, he brings guys in. He kind of like he cuts everything down to him to, to like it's barest, and he kind of builds you back up. So like I think Redzor has has the um, he has the base of a very good fighter, and I think with the way Firas Sahabi works and the way he can put everything together. He could he could send him back to, to Team Rhino an even better fighter and he can he could keep it going in for his next fights and stuff. Obviously he doesn't have a fight book yet as far as I know, but um I can only see this being a being a good thing for him. Um to be honest, like a few things you said there, yeah, I'm not really set on the whole. You have to stay with your team and stuff like that. That Connor says I just think Connor is a freak athlete, um as well. My request has been submitted, Sean. Sweet. Um, but there is some truths to stay with your like it's not like Redzer's up in six and leaving um, he was going to head over to Alliance before I remember that to do a bit of training it fell through I think it was because he was getting the UFC call or because he got a, a fight in Cage Warriors and he stayed at home um, and this is going to be great prep you know it seems like he's matched has, he, has it been announced yet? I don't think so no No. well it seems like he's matched going by his tweets uh, when he thanked the UFC and Sean Shelby and Dana White Um what the card could be who knows I, like, I'd like to see him on UFC 193 is that card full yet which card is the that Australian one oh that yeah um, that, that'd be too soon I'd say That's, maybe we're going to see him sometime around tough maybe Didn't we're going to see him at UFC London I think he said he was going away for four months to, uh, to try oh, start I think it was four a month oh is it I think it might oh, only maybe. be for a month Okay, yeah, he's the London card, so maybe something like that. It's, it's tough to know, yeah. So let's just get it out of the way, because someone will complain about it. 
Yeah. Sorry, my nose is getting uh, a bit clogged there. I, sick bastard. I know, and everyone is getting sick listening to this. So, what are the people going to say when there's fans flying over to London because maybe Siri or Reds or, or Duffy are on the card and there's Bam on the same night in Dublin? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, first of all, let me be the first to give a hot take on it, if you would allow me. Go on. There's, like, there's always just been UFC fans. Do you know what I mean? It's not that they're... You calling me out here? No, no, no. I am not at all. (laughs) It's not like uh, people that go to League of Ireland games as opposed to only going to Premier League games. Do you know that sort of way? Yeah, Because yeah, there's yeah. never been that sort of elitism for just local MMA as there is for, say, local football. Ah, uh, there's a little bit. No, there's not. There's no way. No, there isn't. There's a little like, bit. It's people's mates that they go see. Like, there's yeah. no Connor, like, there is no connoisseur that travels all around Ireland to see fights unless they have to. I have to. And I see all of the people at these events. There's no one consistent person that isn't either working at it or cornering or coaching or something like that yeah so that's why I think like let them go to the UFC because it's the product that they're after it's not so much the mixed martial arts grassroots sort of stuff it's the product it's the brand it's the experience it's the Bruce Buffer it's the Bava O'Reilly it's the Wayne's the day before it's eating Nando's and TGI Fridays for four days straight because that's <laughs> all you fucking can get I've never had Nando's what no never you're the cheekiest man on the podcast and you've never even had a Nando's I know I want the Nando's I need to try it I think a UFC Dublin Nando's should be organised uh, that could that could be done that could be done cheeky Nando's yeah well how, how do you think that's going to work like uh, I don't know like it depends how, how many Irish people they put in that London card if it's just Syrian Reds are you can't imagine it being a massive dent it's kind of stupid like putting the, why are they doing it putting it the same night as UFC card like you should be trying to invite UFC for all you can like I think that was a big part of it at the beginning that there was no UFC card on like there was a Bellator card and stuff but that wouldn't really affect it because Bellator don't give a shit about this part of the world and don't even put it on television um, but yeah Angry was... Sean <laughs> <laughs> fucking bastards um, yeah I, I don't know why they do like they obviously knew like it was kind of it was pretty well known um, I don't know do you, do you think like the place could be empty or what, what do you think uh, no, I do think there will be a good crowd, to be honest. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like Other people are kind of saying to me that this London card is going to be our Dublin from last year. A kind of homecoming with every Irish fighter on it. Like There's going to be a lot of UK fighters on it. Especially now more of them are getting signed to the UFC and are coming in. Like Danny Roberts could be on it. I know he's fighting in December, but he could be a quick turnaround. Uh, Leon... Is it Leon Edwards that Steve yeah. is in love with? He could be on it fairly quick as well. So I'm leaning more towards maybe UFC London being a, a UK Brit celebration. Mm. Maybe with one or two new guys on there. Like maybe you'll, you'll maybe guys s- that um get far and tough or get knocked out or something like that, or maybe yeah. that that sort of thing. Which you're gonna go to Bama or UFC London? That's a tough one. What Steve. do you think I should go to? Steve wants think... to go to Bama. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. I'll let him go to Bama, son. You can go to the UFC London. I'll get on my microphone and start doing interviews, will I? I'll I will, uh, <laughs> Sheehan Nation, come out in force. I, <laughs> the, do, the, I do think, um, like, 
Severe will be covered. We'll be at one or the other. And I'll probably have no preference or saying it. Whatever, uh, wherever I'm told to go, I'll go. Nice. Oh, the fuck. Oh, the fuck, indeed. Fedor. What about Fedor? Oh, yeah. Did you hear about him? He signed for... Samurai Pride. FC. <laughs> Samurai FC. If you haven't heard, the guy who sold Pride to the UFC... What's his name? Um, Sakaya. Sak- Sakaya. Sakaya or something. Yeah, Sakaya. He was in Bahrain while I was there, would you believe? Was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were saying that. Um, he's starting a new promotion. It's going to be on New Year's Eve, and Fedor is fighting someone. He signed him, and it's going to be broadcast in America as part of Bellator MMA on Spike TV. So they're not—he's not fighting for Bellator, but he's basically like, you know, the way Eddie Hearn's fucking on Sky Sports—they put on like the the fights from America sometimes. It's basically going to be like that. Like they're going to broadcast it, and it's going to be the other promotion. I'll give you my thoughts on this first. I'm disappointed. I, I either wanted to see Fedor stay retired or fight for the UFC. I don't want to see him fighting fucking Kimbo Slice or Hong Man. Oh, I don't. I just... It's a, it's a waste. Why, Fedor? Why? I want to see him fighting... Money, Arlo- Sean. Money. Yeah, but he... Think of all the Reebok she's missing out on. God, Fedor, what an idiot. <laughs> But the UFC would have given him plenty of money to come. I don't know. It's it's just apparently this is only a two fight deal though. Was that it? yeah? But I don't think he's gonna come back to the. I don't think he's gonna fight for UFC now. I think this was the last. This was the final straw, and I think it's it's been broken now and drawn into the fire. But this could be also a a measurement of his recent training. Maybe realize that he can't be up with the top guys of the UFC. That he can't get yeah. up there. Also, North Korea. Kim Jong-un. North Korea. Kim I talking, Jong-un. I was, I was talking to Stephen Lowry at the weekend about that. And, and he maintained. Yeah, he maintains it's 100% kosher. That definitely works. There you but go. Two extra yeah. listens on the podcast this week. Who do you want to see fair or fight in, in New Year's Eve? Bobby Lashley. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Like someone that he's going to beat. Yeah, he'd probably beat Bobby Lashley. Although Bobby Lashley, I think, is a little bit underrated. Even though he's not very good, but I, I think his skills are pretty legitimate, and obviously Just he's not going to be the internet. Kimbo Slice versus Fedor. That would be fucking madness, wouldn't it? I would love to see that fight. I bet you it'll be someone like Pedro Hizo, someone like that. No, Pedro like, Hizo retired the other day, actually. <laughs> good, good one. Fedor but retired. He, he retired years on a win. Yeah. I think uh, if you throw him uh, 1.5 million or something like that, he he won't be long uh, coming out of retirement. Or... Unretiring. Jeff Monson, someone like that. Monson will pull. He pull, yeah. <laughs> Although he mightn't. He them Russian lads. He's a great friend. Do you know? I, is it Jeff Monson? I think it is. He got like Russian citizenship because he loved. They love him over there. Really. He's always over in Russia. Yeah. If not, uh, if he hadn't have already gone back to the UFC, then Krokop and Fedor would yeah. be unreal. Tito maybe Tito be I was thinking that the other night as well after watching that like Tito and Fedor would surely do massive numbers maybe it's the Ken Shamrock factor maybe we need the world's most dangerous man oh, to fight Jesus Kimbo <laughs> or to fight Kimbo or to fight Fedor anyway. or to fight Fedor sorry imagine he can fucking murder Jesus oh god anyway, okay we, we might as well talk about the Bellator card also, here while you're sorry, here sorry 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 <coughs> go on rumoured 
Yeah. Sakuraba, New Year's Eve. I can see that happening. Return to MMA. I could see that Sakuraba happening. versus Shinya Aoki. It was the rumors doing on Twitter. That is a sad fight for Sakuraba. It so is. he needs to break another Kill. part of his limb. Also, Gracie, maybe. Who just said you you broke up there? Who? Crone Gracie. Oh. 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 Have you been fighting Fedor? Um. Did you watch any of this Bellator card at the weekend? I did not. I got in obviously as I was driving home from Bama. Um. I only got to, like the last three fights and I didn't see did any. Did you not of make football. Patrick chauffeur you? Well, yeah, he was driving like, but you know what I mean. We were we were dri- we were in the car coming home. I saw one one of the footboxing fights, and I saw like three or four of the MMA fights. Uh, footboxing. Footboxing, yeah, that's what I like to call it. Right. Um, it was a stupid idea, like to have the footboxing and uh, the MMA on at the same time. Um, but fair play to them, they did it. The numbers were terrible. Uh, Eight hundred thousand numbers. Number the numbers they did the viewers. Which, by all accounts, Luke Thomas and I saw a few more guys saying that it was terrible numbers compared to the other cards. Um, they didn't really have they had TRTs, but they didn't have really a file for him. Uh, Liam McGeary won that fight by inverted triangle, which I think anyone in the know no. probably. He won it by an arm lock. Did he? I believe so. Is this another Joseph Duffy kind of one again, where it looked like a triangle but it was actually an armbar? Uh, well, it was actually an armbar. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it is because if you watch it back, you see his hands change on the far side because you can. That's a um oh fuck. We lasted fifty two minutes until I had to mention jujitsu because I really like that triangle in jujitsu. Ah no, you mean you mentioned the X card already? Did I? Yeah, you're talking about one oh, boy. Yeah, shit. Uh, sorry. Okay, well that's too used up for the day. Um, that triangle is one of my favorites, and you can attack the arm straight away and it looks like he did it because that's why Tito's tap I think was so frantic um, and apparently was it also a verbal tap no I'm thinking of Catherine Costigan oh, in an arm bar sorry yeah um, I don't I think everyone's kind of expecting that like he was good from the bottom Tito did okay like and I think fair play to Tito he's, he's done well in the end of his career um, I don't know. This like this guy Josh Thompson was fighting Mike Bronzoulas, whoever he is, he beat him. Phil Davis fuck fools up. Be he came more at Emmanuel Newton. He knocked out Frankie Cars. Vicious left hook. Molloal won but got injured and obviously Frankie Cars had to stand up and there wasn't much more. Um Paul Daly won a, a footboxing fight as well. Like I'd I'd I would have had to see the whole card for it to say whether it worked or not. and I'm not the biggest uh, footboxing fan so I um I wouldn't be maybe the best one to talk about how, how whether it was a success or not but I think most people said it was kind of weird and going back and forth and commentary and to the ring and stuff and it was more uh, it was a gimmick to draw people in I think and it didn't do that so you'd probably call it a failure um, when is Paul Daly going to get his act together and start consistently fighting MMA again? He has been. He's been fighting for Bellator. He fought like a couple of months ago. No, but like against proper fighters, like. Well, he's in Bellator, so never probably. Uh, Do you ever see a return to the UFC from? No, no, not now. Anyway, he's signed with Bellator. But um, Josh Koscheck, they're on about him fighting again. That'd be hilarious. Because Daly would certifiably kill him. This time, I think. 
Yeah, I don't think he's uh, he's chained stand up though. Although Kashik could take him down like the last time, just grind him out. Um, but Bellator, they have been talking about. Luke Thomas mentioned it that they have talking about um, uh, getting a deal with or getting live on TV in the UK and Ireland. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think they give a shit about this side of the the pond. Um, they've said Scott Coker and Bjorn Rebney and all have been saying this for years, and it's it hasn't happened. So it's hard not to be negative about Bellator for me, to be honest. Like they've done some good things in the last while, but I think they but they've annoyed Sean Sheehan for the they've last time. It annoyed me, so fuck him. Um, if you have any left to say about Bellator, we move on. Uh, we shall move on swiftly. Okay. Uh, two quick things just before we get to the UFC Japan card what did you think of this Vitor thing did you hear about it yeah UFC I started I started reading the article by Josh yeah. Bruce, um, and to be honest it got a little bit much for me for the time of night that I was reading it at and then I just shut it off but some of the stuff that, that came out is really damning of the UFC like they effectively knew about his overly high testosterone levels accidentally sent it out in an email to several people and uh, it hadn't come out until yet. So the people that got it, their silence were bought, was bought as well. Like, Yeah, well, I suppose if you get an email from the UFC saying you're not allowed to say it. You're not allowed to say it or you'll be sued, yeah. I suppose. That's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Like, who's going to say it then? Uh, I think this is pretty fucking despicable by the UFC, to be honest. Um, like, he went in there and he broke John John's arm and, or whatever, like, tore ligaments. When he, and this was the second fail test, like that, that they basically well they didn't cover up the the other one, but they basically allowed him to fight in the NSAC allowed him to fight when he had higher levels. Um, it, it's terrible. And the question about this is, how many more times have they done this? How many more fights have guys won where they've done this? Like, it isn't as bad. John Jones won, fair enough. He got injured and stuff, but how many guys have been knocked out horribly? Imagine. I don't know. I don't want to name anyone, but imagine someone with a, a fucking head kick knocked a guy unconscious or broke a guy's arm or something like that, and and a test had been covered up. Like he could have been out of could have been out of action for a year or something recovering. Like this is terrible. And with the the USADA thing last week as well with the uh, with the flight Mayweather IV, it's just all the good things that have been happening over the first six months of the year with the bringing in the new testing and stuff and it's, the Nick Diaz stuff yeah exactly yeah it's kind of there's just a, free a bit Nick of Diaz a, by the way we haven't a, forgotten hashtag free Nick Diaz a bit of a black eye has been putting the whole thing but yeah it's one, uh it's bad one thing on the Diaz thing saw yeah. an interview with him today apparently whatever his lawyers are saying there are some states that strongly strongly disagree with Nevada's rulings yeah, even and like in Nevada, is kind of yeah, like not uh, not saying that it would happen, but it, if ever there was a reason for an athletic commission to not break away but not follow the procedures of another athletic commission, this could be the excuse that one of them finally has. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen, to be honest. But maybe yeah. there should be a national one created. I think the uproar, like with the uproar that's happened already, I think. I don't think Nevada are going to budge now. They could have initially because of such an uproar, but I think it's a it's a case of going to court now. Um, Uriah Faber, Faber, and Bang Ludwig. 
I Just actually watched yeah. the full hour 45 of Uriah yeah. Faber and the MMA hour this morning. He went a bit mad, didn't he? It was a bit crazy, like, to be honest. Yeah. It was like a guy on someone in a principal's office with the stories that he was saying you just he'd finish one and then he'd be like oh yeah and this other time when he put the peanut butter on the desk <laughs> yeah, well, was that while what forcing my wife to buy his t-shirts <laughs> while he was stoned peanut oh, butter and fucking then rotten, he too. did this it was like what like Uriah Faber in fairness came across very well um, as a night like as a nice guy sort of thing and that cares for his team and he picked Ludwig in the worst possible way, po- uh, like in the worst way possible, and hopefully all of it's true because otherwise he just did a really good hatchet job on a guy's PR and career. Yeah, um, then Ludwig came out then with someone and he did an interview, and he basically he basically said all that everything Faber said was true. Kind of, he didn't really deny much of it, which is um, which is a bit weird, like. Dwayne Ludwig is a bit of a weirdo. Did you ever see him like on G- the Joe Rogan podcast and stuff? And, like uh, they're they're talking away a couple of times, and Ludwig was like, "It's my time to speak now." Like to Joe Rogan on the podcast, like yeah, he said that. Uh, he Uriah said that in the interview that he was yeah. a big thing on. Uh, Don't cut across me when I'm talking. Yeah. he said that to Uriah's manager. That's fucking weird. Like uh, I don't know. He's a, he's a bit of a he's a bit from of a head case. Testimony. It seems like all of it kind of went tits up from. Uh, through self sabotage at um, at Team Alpha Male, like I wouldn't be surprised if they angled for a reunion just somehow if it a reunion came all out of this. Because don't get me wrong, what he did for the guys was great. But if he came back and lost his attitude and got rid of all of the things that Faber was talking about and worked with the team for free instead of charging them private as well as his salary and discretionary bonuses, yeah. then yeah, like he's a perfect fit for them. Like he's he's gotten the best out of some of these fighters. That were limited in the past, um, and have just. Ah, I think he's given too much uh, credit. uh, I've said it all the time. I think he's given on certain guys. You can see it, and maybe that's the whole. Yeah, Uriah Faber's telling the truth that he only would spend times with certain guys. He was saying that he'd only be coaching Chad, Frankie, TJ, and maybe somebody else, Danny Castillo, just because of how often he fought, because they changed his payment to be based off bonuses that fighters got. So unless you were making decent coin, he wanted nothing to do with you. He wanted nothing to do with guys that were coming through like Andre Feely, Cody Garber, and Paige Van Zandt. Um, they refused to coach women as well. What a dick. What a dickhead. And he like he was making racial comments and stuff about people in the gym. It's because he, t- he smokes pot, to be that's, honest. That fucking illegal drug. He's Honestly, he's just... The Get, gateway com- drug. He'll be on heroin next. He'll, he probably will be on heroin. Like That's just the type of despicable... Oh, don't get me started Any, on it. I can't anyone who does that is on your scumbag. You're dead right. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, let's get into the questions. Uh, we had a question there from Robert Burke about fate, or we, we just spoke about it. Uh, Darren Sheehan, what's your favourite UFC division now, and what's your favourite all-time UFC division? Um, 205 was my original favourite division, to yeah. be honest. Uh, completely and utterly Forrest Griffin related, and 155 because of BJ Penn. They were the two that I would take for any other division. Um, currently, though, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm more fascinated by what can happen at one fifty-five over the next two years. <coughs> Sorry, than what is going on at the minute. There's just so many tasty fights around one fifty-five. 
that I really want to see or want to see again. Yeah. Like, I really now, after watching that interview with GNP TV, was that Jan Ground and Pound that did the interviews? The guy that runs the Twitter page. Wait, which interview was that now? Anthony Pettis was interviewed in Germany the other day. I oh, think. I haven't seen that. It's up on Severe. Oh, yeah. You probably posted it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't see it yet. Um, it is it is good and he talks about wanting the belt back and he talks about going to 45 maybe to fight McGregor Anthony Pettis and Conor McGregor is a fight that would be absolutely world class like out of this league it would be a top drawer fight um, then there's other guys like I still want to see Nate Diaz and Donald Cerrone throw down again uh, I want to see Joe Lozon thrown in against some who did we give Lozon the match with last week Joseph Duffy, Joe Duffy. Some great matches that can be made at 155. I think the future of the next two years of the UFC will be dominated at that weight division. I yeah, I'd agree with you that um, until John la- Jones comes back, which could be sooner rather than later. The light heavyweight division pre John Jones was kind of my favorite. It might have been the best for quality, but like the Chocolate L, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Rich Franklin matches—they were all great. Like they were all brilliant. At the moment, I think it's it's either, if middleweight can get all those fights and if they can all happen without guys getting injured, that's probably up there. But I'd have to say featherweight, like the featherweight division is fucking brilliant. Like with McGregor, Aldo, um, Mendes, and Edgar all fighting each other, like that's fucking it's unbelievable. So quality matchmaking. Vegas I'd, is going to be ridiculous. And yeah. Paige Van Zandt versus Joanne Calderwood. What do you make of that? Paige, oh yeah, that's that's a good fight. Um, I think Joanne has a chance in that, but if Paige puts the pace on her that she can put and Joanne can't stop it, that'll be a big struggle. I think it's actually a bad matchup for Joanne Calderwood. It'll show what improvements she has made. She'll need to make big improvements for that fight because Paige is kind of the grinding style that, that uh, wouldn't be good for her. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those fights that if Paige Van Zandt wins it, how are you going to stop giving her a title shot? How how is it gonna happen? Like she she'll be there, and I think that's a bit dangerous. Okay. Next question. Next question. Uh, da, 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 da. even with four. No, we we answer that. Uh, who's your fighter from MMA Mad? Who was your fighter of the night on Bama? McKee, Chuke, Wickstead, McGann. Uh, McGann was very good, even though he spelled his name wrong. Your brother. Um, but. I'm going to have to agree with Graham. Franz Malambo. What a money shot. So fly, so gangster. Darren O'Gorman, I didn't see it coming, to be honest. I thought Darren may have got the better of Franz in the fight. And was looking good up until then. But Franz's boxing is just... His striking is next level. Very excited to watch him fight again ASAP. ASAP Rocky. Yeah, I thought Patrick Wickstead was very impressive. But I'd probably say it was... um... Dylan too for me I was very impressed with him and on the other side of the, the pond I think Tim Wilde against Stephen Cole was very good Tim Wilde dominated that fight and he was he was uh, he was very impressive um, thoughts on the Ducumar Lucknan result we spoke about a small bit but people making out it was a bigger robbery as Pearson Sanchez I was, I said it wasn't what do you think do you think it was a robbery or do you think it was I, I, I can see I can see how they give him the decision in the third but I just felt to be honest that he had won uh, he had won convincingly enough to get the get the decision, but similar to a couple of close title fights in the past, I have no real no real issue with the champion retaining after thinking about it afterwards and seeing some of the highlights back. Question from Sean Betts: 
our our good friend, our cameraman of from the UK side of Sevilla MMA. If you were Jude Samuel, what one fight would you make for the upcoming Ireland versus England card? Hmm. I do you know what I'd make? I'm not sure if it's possible, but, but Chris Fields against Luke Barnett. If oh. you can get Luke. That would be a tasty fight. I'd like to see... Paddy Pimblett versus Tommy McCafferty. Oh, I like Paddy Pimblett. Or I'd like to see... Oh, wait, is Paddy Pimblett again? 145, yeah. Or I'd like to see... Matt Inman... Fight Philip Mulpeter. Where's Matt Inman from? Is he from... Oh, Matt Inman might be SVG as well, isn't he? No, but he, is, is he English? Yeah, he is. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, hang on, man. I just, I've, a, I've a very good feeling now. Yeah, no, he is SPG. He was overtraining with, uh, yeah. with Carl, so that wouldn't happen. But um, I don't know why. I was just thinking about that. I was talking about fights, UK based welterweight fights with a UK based welterweight this morning, and uh, <coughs> he was just throwing some names out that he like. I know he's. It was. Uh, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave it out there, Sean. You know, I'm a man of mystery. Yeah. Uh JJ Mills asks, What's next for Misha Tate? Um Bellator, she was on female Bellator. division in Bellator based around Misha Tate. You heard it here first. She's gonna, she's she's been screwed over by Reebok, first of all. Uh screwed over this title shot. Said she won't be bullied by the UFC. To be honest, let them bully you, Misha. Beat whoever they put in front of you and go test free agency. You're about to find out how good it is once Ben Henderson does it after his next fight anyway. I have a feeling they're going to give her a main event slot against Amanda Nunez or someone like that just to like appease her. I have a feeling that could happen. They tried to give her Amanda Nunez already for the Conor McGregor does a card but she refused it. Um, what did you call it there? Conor McGregor Duzella. Josie Aldo. Oh right. Jesus. Uh, okay. Do you know what I thought you said? We never talked about the fucking Japan card. We forgot about it. Oh. Someone asked here, Joey Gahan asked, is it the worst ever? So let's have a look at it. It probably um, is. I only big found country, out this morning that it was this weekend. Yeah, Big Country is fighting Ryan Nelson. Who do you think's winning that fight? <laughs> big Country's fighting Ryan Nelson. He's fighting Josh He's Far- fighting himself, Far- Far- yeah. Josh Barnett is going to win this fight pretty comfortably. How? Probably by cranking his neck off or ankle off. Do you know what? Go Sorry. On. I spent... Okay, bit of a moment here. What did I spend the morning watching? Uh, I don't know. The hack. The what? The hacker. Oh, the hacker, oh yeah. Why has no New Zealand-based UFC fighter not done a hacker in the ring? Uh, they have. Have they? Yeah. And that's speaking of the worst cards ever. It was fucking James Tahuna who did it. Was it Tahuna? Because I looked yeah. it up. There's only three. There are only three New Zealanders uh, signed with the UFC. And I was looking through it, and I was like, I can't remember any off the top of my head. Like, yeah, James Tuna, who's fought Nate Marquardt in a, in a fucking main event in New Zealand, which was probably the worst card ever. Uh, yeah, but he did it. Anyway, uh, the hacker I, is intense, and I love yeah, it a lot. It's great. I was writing my preview last night for this card. I think, I think Ryan Nelson will, as he always does, throw his big overhand rights the first round, first seven eight minutes, and then get tired. Um. I think Barnett will try to push him up against the defence a lot. Throw his knees. Throw his big shots. Ryan Nelson is notoriously hard to finish. 
he's good on the ground he's hard to finish there as well if he does finish him that's probably where it'll be but I honestly I can see this going all five rounds with Ryan Nelson taking a shitload of damage and he gets really tired and Barnett just hooving away on him for the five rounds um, yeah but it's not a bad fight it's an okay fight uh, come main event Gegard Musassi against Uriah Hall Uriah Hall is two and a half to one I believe to win this fight which catching that's a bit crazy I bet him there a couple of weeks ago when Graham Graham uh, introduced me to the Betfair exchanges which are fucking which I lose my house on if I keep betting on so I, I'm going to stop betting on them but that's the one why what, one uh, what price did you get I actually can't remember I got him maybe like four or five to one or something nice so, yeah, that was very good. Let me just see on Paddy Power what price he is now. Uh, he's 11 to 4, which is almost 3 to 1. That's fucking craziness. That's my bet of the week um, for for this week. I think that's a, a very good price. rest of the card is kind of shit. Um, Haraguchi's fighting. Actually, Kijamoto was supposed to be fighting. Is but Cunts fighting on this? Cunts isn't fighting on this, oh. no. Cunts isn't fighting. Uh, but there's no one else really that, that of note on the card. Uh, okay. Last question: How many more fights do you think Paul Byrne will get before you see him in the octagon? He's a man. He's a man from your neck of the woods, isn't he? He's from County Loud. Yeah. Um, to be honest, after watching what he did to Conor Cook, how he did it, he set it up beautifully. He kept attacking low just to go high. Cook was going for it every time. Was trying to catch the leg and come forward. He was ducking down, setting himself up perfect for the head kick. It landed with bad intentions. Put him down. Got to finish. <coughs> Yep. Dare I say Paul Byrne will be the next Irish fighter in the UFC Big shout I had never heard of him until the weekend I won't lie I've been saying it's it good. I've been saying Paul yep. Byrne is the truth for a while uh, Seeing him live has been Very very good Vicious man Looks like just a brawler But can now put it all together technically Was a brawler in the early part of his career Has moved to SBG he says he's loving it up there now. Training under John is brilliant. Uh, the first loud man is going to be signed in the UFC. And to be honest, Sean, I'm banking on it. Like, maybe it's not just Paul Redmond or Neil Seary we could be going to London for. Like, mm. another European event, maybe the UFC are looking to bring in an Irish guy. Paul Byrne is the perfect shout for it, I think. You know, when we talk about the way classes get higher, uh, the amount of wins needed get lower. The records get needed to get lower, and I think Paul Byrne, Paul Byrne or Carl Moore would have been my toss-ups for the weekend. Uh, obviously, with Carl being beaten, like he could still have two wins by the time UFC London comes around if he wins the tournament in Italy. Um, but yeah, Paul Byrne, I think, is the man destined for the UFC next. Six wins, six wins by a KO. Six finishes, all good devastatingly that? good finishes. Can't fuck with that. Yes, I fuck with you. What? You don't know that, no? I can't no. even say the next one. It's uh, parental advisory. Uh, I was actually at the weekend there. There were so many Irish people. I, like I, re- I realized like most of our fan base is actually Irish and not from around the world. So we should start saying the word cunt more because people in America get offended by that, but people in Ireland don't. Um, so I'll let you do that. I'll uh, I'll sit on the fence on dropping C bombs. Ah, you're some cunt. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're some. Cunt. That, I, I would say can't more uh, what can't like C-O-N-T like yeah I just can't. say that with my mates like oh you're some can't just cause you're not saying cunt all the time like 
I like saying God. Count. Sean Sheehan, you awful count. You bowl count. You never hear that before, no? Never, no. Bowl count. There you go. Bit of loud lingo for you, Sean. A milestone has been passed. An hour and 15 minutes. Your laptop hasn't died and I haven't gotten sick. Amazing. Unfortunately, I'm going upstairs to put a hot water bottle on my tummy until I have to go to training. If you want to get in touch with us over the week, and before we go, actually, you alluded to it earlier on at length. Just a reminder. Thank you from the bottom of our cold, bitter hearts for all of the interaction with us over the weekend at Bama. It really meant a lot uh, to Sean and I for the kind words, people saying that they love listening to the, to the podcast. Um, someone even, like, I started laughing at him because I didn't believe it. And yeah, I me too. I was, uh... I was like, man, you're full of shit, like, at the start. But he was saying that um, Irish, Irish UFC fans are now so proud that they have a fighter in there as opposed to Irish MMA fans. So Irish UFC fans are so proud now that they have an elite level fighter in there, but also that they have someone like me, their own Ariel Hilwani, that covers all of the breaking oh, news and they get to see from an Irish perspective. And fair enough, I'm done with being compared to Ariel Hilwani. That's my breakaway moment now. But to hear that sort of stuff was um, very, very humbling. And I honestly uh, needed a couple of moments afterwards. Sean thought I was going to start crying. <laughs> It was a beautiful. moment like this Some people wait a lifetime It was, it was good in fairness My endless love <laughs> What? You not remember that from Happy Gilmore? Uh, you've maybe. never seen Happy Gilmore? I have seen Happy How dare you? you you've never uh, oh I eat pieces God. of shit like you for breakfast Yeah, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> Shooter McGavin on Twitter is the funniest thing because he always live tweets. Uh, he always live tweets Golf. big, yeah, big tournaments. Like, yeah. Uh, wait a second, Sean. I'm gonna see out the podcast with a bit of endless love because oh, the the Keenan man. Don't do it. Don't do I'll it. Make Making her the bet. Do you remember the bet? What? Right, Can you remember the bet? No, no what bet? From uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh, jeez, I haven't seen it in a long time. What was the bet? It was with the p on the ice rink. Was it who on the ice rink? It was with your one on the ice rink, and it was like she had to get the puck into the net, and if she missed, she wouldn't have to kiss him, but if she got it in... Oh, yeah. And then they ended up kissing anyway. But when they were going on to the ice, he said, hey, could we get a minute? And he said, for Happy Gilmore, anything. Sean, you're <laughs> letting me down big time. I've I've not I have no idea what this has got to do with the podcast. It's our finish. Like, wh when does a podcast ever finish on time, or when has the podcast ever contained mixed martial arts for the last ten minutes? That's a good point. That is a good point. <coughs> so North Korea. On on, <laughs> on that note, unfortunately, it's time for us to head away for the next week. Sean, I it is a hundred and sixty-seven hours until they will get to hear our voices recorded together again. Would you say that's right? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Yes. Is it? 724 is our 140, 164. There we go. Around oh, no, 168, 168. 168 hours until our voices are together again being recorded. If you want to get in touch with us throughout the... Uh, I'm actually going to answer my phone now. My, I'm not going to hear what he says, but he's going to know that I'm recording the podcast, so hopefully he'll stay on the phone. If you want to get Graham. in touch... No, it's uh, my friend Brendan. Hopefully... Uh, if you want to get in touch over the next 
week or so, you can send us a tweet to at SevereMMAPod if you want to get in touch with us uh, personally, at Sean Sheehan BA, at Andrew McGahan underscore. And first things first, Sean, you've gone an hour and 18 minutes without thanking Dave Fogarty for your <sighs> customised. Shit. You Shit. were about to get in deep water, my friend. Fuck. Best friend of the podcast, Dave Fogarty. Got 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 into Tom to come out to got, get me a, a video shout out to, to Sean Sheehan, your very own from Tom Ducanois. Dave Fogarty, biggest legend. He he's actually maybe the nicest guy I've ever met. He's so oh. nice. How is how, how have you not told me? You were always telling me Dave Fogarty was such a terrible person. Why didn't you tell me he was so nice? <laughs> I know, that was a joke. But yeah, he's really nice. Fair play to Dave. Thanks very much for that video. We should have got him recording your outro. We should have, yeah. So do it in French this week, all right? <laughs> okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, until okay. then. Wait, wait. Pause, pause recording. No, wait. no, no. Wait, ladies, wait, and, wait, wait. ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Until then. Wait. Wait. Are you psyching wait. yourself up or are you playing no, something? No, wait, 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 I'm not editing any of this. Wait. Okay, do it again, do it again, come on. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But until then... A la semaine prochaine.